Good morning, everyone. Take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter number 6. We're going to preach the whole Bible this morning, starting in Genesis. You're not awake yet. All right, Genesis chapter number 6. Glad to see each father here this morning, and happy Father's Day to you. And I hope that it is a good one for you, and uh, I appreciate all the hard labor you do, and appreciate your influence. And dads, uh, as you go out this morning, please go by guest services, and there's a coffee on us for you, okay? So get by there and see it. And uh, now I know there's other fellows here who just recently married or they don't have children. That's fine. You go on by too. Uh, you all playing a part in our children's lives. Amen. And I appreciate all the positive influence that you have on my children and other people's children. Uh, so uh, just drop on by there, I guess, services, and have a coffee on us this uh, week sometime. And I hope there's a special lunch lined up for you. My steaks are marinating as I speak, so I'm looking forward to lunchtime today. Uh, and I appreciate you all. Uh, I'm grateful for a dad who was a great uh, example to me growing up. Actually, I texted my dad this morning and told him happy Father's Day and told him that he's the best dad in all the world. And he said, I appreciate that. I'll tell everyone you said that. I'm Seriously, that's what he said. I was kind of surprised he texted me that back and said that. But uh, I appreciate all the love and concern he showed me and my family, my siblings. And I got the love, or you might say the bug for travel from my dad. He loves to travel. And I got that from him. And uh, he instilled in me... Actually, probably, it's probably still is not the best word. He forged in me uh, the value of hard work because I didn't want to work hard when I was 12. I guarantee you, every opportunity I had to skip out on work, I was skipping out on. And I can still remember, at, at, and when I was 12 and 13, this was a nightmare, but now I'm glad it happened. Uh, my dad was always looking to make a little extra few bucks just to help the family. And my dad came up with this ingenious idea that he should buy 18 cords of wood, get a tractor trailer, bring that in and dump it off and say, all right, Mark, we're going to cut that wood this summer. I'm pretty much pretty sure for a few days I was crying in my room, thinking about all that work. And, man, it was a lot of work to cut 18 cords. I mean, I didn't do all the cutting, but it was a lot of work. And uh, uh, the first couple times, I'm pretty sure I went white as a sheet and was hoping for the rapture and things of that nature. Uh, but, you know, it really instilled in me hard work. And I really appreciate that. I'm blessed to have such a dad. Dads are so important. They're so important. Just like moms are so important, dads are just important. They're so important. And sadly, many downplay the needs of dads in the family today. And it's wrong. It's not biblical. What the Word of God tells us. Here's some staggering statistics of children without dads. Now, I believe most of these statistics are from the United States, but they're very comparable to Canada. Okay, very comparable. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. Assaults uh, uh, perpetrated by uh, women and men with anger problems come from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. That's, that's staggering statistics. It just shows us, I understand that the father is not the key to make all things go away, but the reality, Dad, you have a very important part to play in the lives of your children and other people's children. Just like mothers influence other children, as dads, we get to influence other people as well. And, uh, you know, the, uh, in, in BC, a, a researcher did a, a study of 36 studies around the world connect, conducted on parental rejection and acceptance. And this was about five years ago. <coughs> the researcher found that a child's sense of being loved by fathers was frequently a better indi- indicator of overall happiness and life satisfaction if they receive love and acceptance from their dad, and then flip that coin if they were rejected. It was an indicator of people who had problems with substance abuse, depression, and behavior problems. Dads, you are important. You're super important. 
don't believe the propaganda that we see in the world today that dads don't matter, moms, it's whoever does it, it's fine. No, you have an important role to play. Very important role. And I want to look in, in Genesis chapter 6 and examine Noah. Uh, he was faithful in some very bad times. And he did a great job with his family. So let's look at Noah. Uh, Noah's faithfulness is titled my message. Noah's faithfulness. So down in Genesis chapter 6 and verse number 5, we'll start there. Genesis chapter 6, verse number 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. And he repented the Lord that he made man on the earth, and he grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man, whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping things, and the fowls of the air. For repented me that I have made him. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, help us. Lord, as we focus in on dads today, and we're so thankful for them, Lord, help us to be faithful. Help us to be faithful dads. And Lord, I pray that we take the message to heart and we be changed by your word. Lord, I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Noah was a man of faith. He was a man of faith. He had such a deep faith, uh, so significant, that he was mentioned in the great faith chapter in Hebrews chapter 11. It says there, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not, not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Uh, no one just made that faith chapter. I mean, it was those who showed and exhibited great faith made that faith chapter, and Noah was one of them. Have you ever tried to lift all the burdens of life at one time? Have you ever decided, I'm going to carry this, whatever this is? Have you ever noticed that you can't do that? If you do it, you won't last long. You'll have a breakdown or you'll become sick or whatever the case is. You just can't do it. You can't carry all those burdens. And you weren't designed to carry all those burdens. Uh, that's not the way it's supposed to operate. Uh, one, one day a, a fellow was in a serious car accident and uh, he was laid up in the hospital bed. And the doctor came in and he said to the doctor, Doctor, how long will I have to lay here? How long? And the doctor replied, only a day at a time. Only a day at a time. Sometimes we can really we can really get way ahead of ourselves, don't we? But we need to be faithful today. Today be faithful. Then tomorrow be faithful. Just take one day at a time. Dads, let's be faithful one day at a time. And the long years will take care of themselves if we'll be faithful one day at a time. Just be faithful today. Then tomorrow, and it doesn't take long. Last night I was sitting on my porch, and it was what a beautiful evening last night. You know, it was gorgeous. And sitting out there, I was thinking, it was eight years this month we moved from Newfoundland to here. Eight years. Like, what happened? That just went by in a flash. You know, you just keep doing right today. And those long years will take care of themselves. Just keep doing right. Keep doing right. Keep doing right. In verses 5 and 7 that I just read, we're given a background of what's going around on the go, on the globe in that time. And the picture that was painted there was not very nice, was it? It's wicked. God saw the wickedness of man and all that man thought about was wickedness. That's all he thought about. Now I've met some people <coughs> who, uh, you know, they, they think about things a lot. So I met lots of young people who like computer games or uh, video games, whatever, and they talk about it a lot. But you know what? They're even distracted from that from other things. Other things come up and they think about it. Maybe it's lunchtime, so they're thinking about food, or maybe they want to go to Wonderland, they think about that. Uh, and just in life, people get kind of fixated on things. We see that. But we see here in this portion of Scripture, I believe the Word of God to be true, and it's that that's all that man thought of continually was evil. That's all that was on his mind, was evil, man. Human race had gotten to a place where it was only evil. And in verse 6, we see that God repented, which does not mean that he sinned, but rather gives the idea that God regretted he made man and that his heart was grieved by their actions. 
And that word grieve means to be vexed. Be vexed. You know, not pleased at all. So in verse 7, God determines to, to destroy man and start over again. And the word destroy means to wipe out. That was his plan here in verse number 7. And then in verse number 8, we are introduced to Noah. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Dads, there is no doubt that we live in a dark time. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I, I don't like what's happening in my country with uh, reduce, uh, the reduction of freedoms and Christian liberties. I don't like it at all. And, and our culture is promoting some wicked things. And, and I'm sure what God sees occurring this day is not pleasing Him what's occurring in Canada. No, there's a lot of bad things happening. But we see here, in a time that I believe is worse, I, mean, I'm, I think we're getting comparable, but it was still worse, we see here a man, a husband, a dad, who lived in the worst times, yet he was faithful to the Lord. He was faithful to the Lord. We see his faithfulness to the Lord brought great responsibility, and it brought reward. The Lord blessed this faithful dad in amazing ways. And I believe God wants to bless and, uh, and encourage the dads that are here today as well. He wants you to go forward for him. Faith is a daily necessity. We need faith. Uh, getting married, looking to get married, taking on a new job. I just took on a new job. I understand all about the faith thing. It just, it's new and you don't know it all. You know, it, it takes some faith. You're trusting the Lord to help you get through it. Uh, uh, maybe there's a struggle in your life, maybe an illness, maybe you uh, have to deal with a handicap or, uh, or some sort of uh, thing that keeps you back from what you would like to do. You need faith in God, amen. You need to have faith. You absolutely have to. That should be the headstone of your life, the cornerstone. Faith in God. And upon that footing, you build your life. You build on anything else that's going to come crumbling down. God will not crumble, amen. He's all-powerful. He never changes. So first of all, we see here uh, with Noah, he was faithful to the person of God. Faithful to the person of God. In verse number 8, we meet Noah, and we get a picture of a dad who's faithful to God. We see Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That word grace has the idea of favor. We need dads today who will be faithful to the Lord, who will be faithful in serving their families, and you'll find favor in the eyes of the Lord if you do that. Absolutely. In verse number 9, we find the reason. These are generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect his generation, and Noah walked with God. Now, Noah was a sinner. He was not perfect in the sense that he never commit error or sinned, but his walk pleased God. In a day and age when everybody was doing contrary and thought evil continually, Noah followed God. He was just. Uh, he was doing what was right. Uh, we see Noah was perfect in this generation. The idea of uh, just, he was lawful and righteous. We're told here that Noah was wholehearted toward God. And he was dedicated to God. He was dedicated to what God called him to do. And this scripture is painting us a picture. It's painting us a portrait, if you would, of a dad who loved God, who loved the Lord. The day that Noah walked on the earth, it was bad. And I mean, it wasn't just a little bit bad. I mean, it was very, 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 and you could put a lot of varies behind or in front of that, behind it, whatever. It was bad. It was horrible. The way Noah lived would have been totally opposite of the way the rest of the world lived. So he couldn't come. He, he didn't get up with his family and, and, and shake Ham, Shem, and Japheth out of bed and say, come on, let's go to church. There was no church. It was just them. It was all it was. As they tried to do what was right, it was just them. Now, it's easy to do right when there's a crowd, isn't it? Because you're encouraging each other, and it's good, it's right that we're encouraging. Uh, positive peer pressure, right? Uh, that's the way it should be, encouraging on. It was just Noah, his wife, and his sons, and their, 
and the son's wives. That was it. Nobody else. The way they lived, the way Noah led them would have been totally different than the world system that was around them. He would have stuck out. I mean, we use that word stuck out like a sore thumb. He was way more than sticking out like a sore thumb. He was bizarre compared to the rest of the world. And the world looked at them. He's like, what is your problem, Noah? Would you get on track here and be just like us? You're the only one left. Come on, follow us. Imagine living for the Lord back in those days, Dad. Just think about that. If we were transported back to that time and we had to live like that, or even today, we don't have to go way back to the days of Noah. If we're going to live for God today, we're going to stick out too. As difficult as it must have been back in that day for Noah to stay faithful to the Lord, there's difficulties for us today too. We need to watch out for it. I'm sure there were old buddies that come along to Noah because Noah was kind of old, right? He lived for hundreds of years, so he had lots of companions and met lots of people and probably had all kinds of old friends and old buddies that would say, Hey, Noah, take it easy on that religious stuff, man. Like, come on over and have a barbecue with us and we'll talk about the old days. And Don't be so caught up with building that boat or whatever you call that thing you're doing. Just come on over and we'll have a good time, just like the old days. Noah stayed the course. Noah stayed the course. And that, that call wasn't just one day. I think that would have been decades, decades, century. You know, come on, follow me. Come on, let's go. He stood. I mean, as I think about that, as I was reading through this portion of Scripture, he really was like a rock, like I think like the rock of Trabalker, and he, like the waves bounding against it, and he wasn't going to be moved. Can you imagine that you're the only rock and the, the tides of the of society is swirling all around you and it's pushing against you and slapping it up against you and your family totally every day, badness, wickedness, evil continually? I don't think Noah had an easy time of it, but he just determined to follow God. He just determined to follow God. Hey, hey dads, Noah's a great example to us. He's a great example. We live in a wicked day. Immorality is rampant. Uh, pretty close to open rebellion to all authority. And I'm not talking about uh, the church authority, a pastor, a position, or those who might be leadership in the church. I'm talking all authority. Anybody who has any kind of authority in our world today is being attacked. It's just almost open rebellion. The wickedness seems to be surrounding us. What are we going to do, dads? What are we going to do? Are we going to change so we're not sticking out? So we're not so strange in the eyes of the world? Or are we going to hold to the truth and not compromise the truth? Because we know that's right to do. I want to encourage you to stand for truth. Stand for truth. If Noah was here, if somehow Noah could come and stand here before you, we would all be shocked for one, okay? Uh, but we would be, he would encourage us to stand for truth. Work hard at it. Don't don't let your guard down, dads. That's what he'd say to us as men, as dads. And then if we could get Ham, Shem, and Japheth to come up here too with their dad, he they would tell us along the lines of, our dad stood for truth. It wasn't easy, but he did it, and we're so glad he did. Because let's not forget, dads, we're influencing the next generation. The kids in your home, we're influencing. The kids that come to church as we come to church, we're influencing. So what's your influence like? Is it encouraging to stand for truth? Is it encouraging uh, to be faithful to the Lord? Hey, our country needs faithful dads today. We need them today. And I encourage you to be it. And don't think that Pastor Alcock's up here today and he's got this all figured out. I'm still working on it too, folks. All of us are still working on it. It doesn't just happen. It's a lifestyle. Remember, I talked about one day at a time, just like that doctor said. How long will that guy be in the cast or in the bed? One day at a time. So one day at a time, be the best dad you can be. One day at a time, be faithful. One day at a time, get in God's Word. One day at a time, be in prayer. On Sundays, be in church. You know, just one day at a time. So he was faithful to uh, the uh, person of God. Number two, he was faithful to the plan of God. Look down at verse number 10 of Genesis chapter 6. 
And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all the flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I uh, will destroy them with the earth. Make uh, thee an ark, ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. And uh, the length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits. And the height of it, uh, 30 cubits. And a window shalt thou make to the ark. And in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower and second and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. And everything that is in the earth shall die. But thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark. Thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, to every sort shall thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee, and they shall be male and female. Of the fowls after the kind, the cattle after the kind, of creepy things of the earth shall at his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. So we see, first of all, before he could uh, be faithful to a plan, Noah was faithful to God. And then when God saw his faithfulness, he said, I'm going to choose you. I can plan for you. And we see Noah was faithful. And he was faithful in two areas. First of all, he was faithful to the plan for the family. Letter A, plan for the family. We see here that Noah had three sons, uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the world was corrupt. There it says in uh, verse number 11, was corrupt. It was filled with violence. So God decides to destroy the world. He talked about that in previous verses. And, the, and who was going to say was Noah and his family. The cup of human iniquity was full. It was overflowing. And during this time of immorality and evil and wickedness and horrible behavior, we find Noah being a dad and raising three sons for the Lord. You think that was easy? I don't think so at all. I think it was pretty hard. And he was raising them for the Lord. He was showing these three lads how to live for God. That must have been a challenge. Oh, sure, they didn't have Internet or TV like we have today or the game consoles and things, uh, but they lived in a horrible time. It was bad. It was very bad. And Noah determined to be faithful and lead his boys in the right way in a wrong day. He said, I'm going to lead you boys the right way. Even though the world around us is wicked and all their thoughts are evil continually, I'm going to direct you towards God. I'm going to show you the faithful things. and I'll be righteous. I'll be as, as good as I can be for, for my God. Dads, we can relate to what Noah faced. Dads, lead your home. Did you get that? Dads, lead your home. There's today in our culture, there's so many saying, you know, just do whatever you want. And again, that open rebellion. Hey, you're the dad. Be the leader. Uh, Show them true biblical leadership. Show them. Lead them. Now, I'm not saying being a dictator because that's not leadership. Well, I'm talking about showing them how they should live. Hey, I'm glad that my dad, though when I was 13 I didn't feel this way, I was glad he showed up with 18 quarter wood and told me, this is what we're doing this summer, let's get it done. He showed me he was the leader and he showed me how to do the work. Hey, dads, do the same thing. Show your kids. Show your family. Lead them. Stay faithful to the Lord. You know, uh, I'm glad that you bring your families to church. Don't stop doing it. Bring more families to church. It's exciting. I'm glad that I get an opportunity to minister to your family. I'm excited for that. I pray for you. I appreciate everyone. But guess who the kids see more of than me, way more than me, is you, Dad. Is you. Who are they probably going to talk about most about spiritual things is you, Dad. Not me. 
I'm here to help any way I can, but it just makes sense. Listen, I talked to my dad more about spiritual things than I did to the pastor. I'm glad I had a dad who cared about spiritual things, and he loved to talk to me about those things. And my dad was more concerned about my eternal soul than anybody else. And I'm thankful for that. I'm glad he was there and he was concerned and he would ask and he would talk about it. We need to have that same kind of leadership in our homes. Dads, we need to do it. And don't feel like, I'm up here blasting you. I'm here encouraging you. You can do it. You can do it. You can stand for truth. You can stand for what's right. Uh, and your marriage will grow stronger and deeper by you just uh, leading. Like your kids need to see you loving their mom. You, you, you know how important that is? That's vitally important. Because they're getting all kinds of wrong signals from TV shows and the magazines and the books out there. They need to see a dad who loves their mother. Because that's a big influence on how they'll treat the person they'll marry going forward. It's so important. I still remember my dad coming home from work, and he worked at a tire shop, a mechanic shop, and he was filthy dirty. My dad's hands have never been clean. I mean, the, the dirt and the grease are in all the crevices and stuff. The only time they would get clean is when we go on vacation, and it would just he wouldn't be working at it, and it, finally all the dirt would be gone, and he's going back right at it, right? That's the way he was. And I remember him coming home and giving my mom a big hug and squeeze and kissing on her, and, I mean, he was filthy. I mean, it was so funny to watch, and Mom would be screaming, Vernon, stop that! Stop kissing me! And he'd let her go, and he'd walk right, he'd smiling, just thought he was a champ. Hey, I knew my mom really didn't mean what she says. She didn't want the dirt on her face, I understand that. But she loved that he showed affection, and guess what affected me? affected me. I understood that I need to be showing affection to my wife. My kids need to see it. Even though they were like, oh, gross, Dad! Don't kiss her in front of us! No. They need to see it. They need to show that affection for Mom. Dad, lead that way. Show them. Show them. Show them how to love your mom. Uh, mom, show them how to love a wife. Those boys saw it. It's important. It makes families stronger. Lead our homes means that uh, we are not following what the world tells us what is right. What we're doing is we're getting in the Bible and reading what is right. Okay? Get to the truth. Don't listen to the world. Read it. And then try to follow it best you can. Be faithful day in, day out. You're going to make mistakes. I've made lots of mistakes. But you just get back on that horse again and you, you keep going. You don't stop. You keep following. You keep doing what's right. People will notice. People will notice when you are living different than they. They do. I mean, you don't talk like them. You don't run like around with them or the way that they do. You know, you're at workplace and you have a testimony and you won't tell those dirty jokes or you won't laugh at those filthy jokes and you won't talk about people behind their backs. You're, you're trying to live for God and they see you in your, in your little cubicle and you bow your head and you bless your food. I am really surprised how many people notice that. You know, I remember being in a restaurant with my family one time and we just bowed our head real quick and prayed and blessed the food and a guy came over to me and said, you're a Christian, aren't you? I'm like, yes, sir. How can I help you? <laughs> And it comes to find out he was a pastor of an independent Baptist church in the same town. I didn't even know about him. You know, he just said, hey, I could tell because you prayed over you. Just There's little things that we do are different than the world. Or should be. Actually, a lot of things. But those little things make a difference that people notice. Hey, hey listen, Dan. We're, we're getting ready for summer, right? We're right around the corner. Vacation's almost here. Who's excited? A couple of people giggled. Okay, so I'm excited. I mean, I'm not really going anywhere this summer, but I'm excited for uh, summer vacation for my kids. And we're probably going to do some things. And probably your family is going to uh, head off on family vacation. Maybe you're going to go camping for the weekend. And, or maybe you're going to take a couple weeks and go somewhere fun. Great. Enjoy your time. I don't doubt it's well-deserved. I, I see how uh, the pressure here of work and things. And, uh, and for any of you who do that commute from here to Toronto, um, may the Lord bless you for many more years to come. That is insane. I mean, sometimes I'm about ready to 
Okay, I'm not going to tell you what I'm ready to do, but I'm not very happy from driving from Brampton to here some days. I'm like, what is with this traffic and these people? Cracker Jack Pops or driver's license or something. But anyway, i got to get off that. That's uh, uh, Where am I? Where am I supposed to go? Okay, so here we are. Uh, so uh, the reality is you deserve the break and things, but let me encourage you to find a place to worship on Sunday. You may say, well, I'm on vacation. Listen, it's going to make an impact in your family, and it's right to do when you're on vacation to go to church. I can remember growing up as a kid. We'd leave Newfoundland, and we'd drive up here. We had family lived up in Ontario. And my dad, this was before the age of Internet. How did he find these churches? I don't know. But he would find a church, and we would go. I mean, I'll be honest, a couple times I'm like, Dad, it's 9.30 on Sunday morning. We're on vacation. We don't need to go to church. Get out of bed. We're going to church. On vacation! And I, I'm like, Dad. I mean, when I was a kid, I was like, you got a problem. I'm glad he had that problem now. I'm glad he was concerned about us going to church and learning about the Lord and, and different things. I can only ever remember once that we went on family vacation. We didn't go to service on a Sunday. And we were actually vacationing uh, down by Niagara Falls. And my dad really wanted to go to Pastor McLean's church in Hamilton. And we drove from Niagara Falls up there, and we didn't know that there was this thing called the mountain in in Hamilton. And we got the address, and we went. We drove up this road on below like five times, looking for this church and what was up on the mountain. We did. That's the only time I can remember growing up. We didn't go to church. That's really Hamilton's fault, not my dad's fault. So, uh, trying to get my dad out of it. But you know, the idea is that you're leading your family, gentlemen. I stand before you, I'm 42, I still remember that as a kid, that my dad made importance of going to church on vacation. Do you think it makes an impact? The answer is a resounding yes. What you do, how you lead, makes a big impact in your children. I gave you statistics earlier about kids who don't even have a dad and the impact it has. Hey, we have an impact. Make sure you use it for the Lord, uh, men. The plan for the ark. The plan for the ark. Uh, letter B. We read through those verses already where God gives Noah the plans for the ark. The plan was not for a 65-footer ocean-going vessel. I had an uncle who had a 65-foot fishing vessel, and it could go like 250 miles off you know, the shoreline. I mean, you're not seeing any land when you're that far away. All you see is almost Ireland on the other side of the globe. All right, you're getting way out there, and uh, he's out there in this fishing boat up and down, and it wouldn't be for me. But this thing was huge. This was massive. The vessel was about 450 feet in length. That's big. It's huge. The beam, or the width, was 75 feet. So you know the east wing that we use all the time? (laughs) Just think... So it's connected this way. So think two of them. And that's about the width of the of uh, the arc. By 450 feet long, and it was 45 feet high. So it was a big vessel. It was massive. And inside that vessel, there's three decks. Accommodate Noah and his family, and all the animals and the provisions. I mean, I don't know all that was in that boat, but everything that they needed had to go in that boat. Uh, I read recently that uh, marine engineers have noted that the dimensions of the ark would have produced a vessel with great stability in rough seas. I don't know about you, but if you're on rough seas, you want a boat that rides that really well. All right? And it, this, was, this design would give it. So the ark was long and low and rectangle in, in uh, uh, you know, design. So think more of like a barge. That was the idea. It was like a barge. And it would ride really well. So it's not like the concepts that we see in storybooks with this really big, high bow, you know, and circular and things. Now this is more more long and rectangular and low riding to help go. It would have been very turbulent at the very beginning of the flood. Very turbulent. Very, very. And if you want to learn more about the Ark, uh, getting God's Word, read some more about it. And uh, I know about the Ark Encounter down in Kentucky. That's a great place to go. It's a full-scale version of they follow the uh, dimensions that are in God's Word.
But I will tell you, it does not float. I was told that. It doesn't float. So don't expect that to happen if you go. Uh, but uh, it's apparently a really amazing place, and it keeps the truth of the Word of God, and that's a wonderful thing. So uh, it's amazing. It was a huge boat. <coughs> In verses, uh, excuse me, <coughs> In verse 5 of chapter 7, so one more chapter ahead now. In, in Genesis 7, verse 5, it says, And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. So what does that mean? Noah followed all the plans that God laid out for him concerning the building of this massive boat. Now, we don't find any indication that he questioned God. Now, he probably knew that the world was wicked, right? It wasn't a... Wow, I didn't know. No, he knew. He saw it. But we neither do we find the evidence that he complained about the job that laid before him. And it was massive. It was huge. Uh, recently, I was in Halifax, and they have a shipbuilding company there. They're building this big coastal uh, icebreaker, and it's massive. And like they, put it, they build it in pieces in this big shed they have. Or it's not really a shed, but like whatever it's called. It's huge. And they are inside, and it's as high as it needs to be, and they take out pieces, and they bring it out, and they connect it, and all that kind of stuff. And there's hundreds of men working on this thing. And it takes them years to do it. This is Noah and his three boys, and they weren't shipbuilders by trade. It took them a long time, but they lay out, God lays out what he tells them to do, and they get the job done. Do you think that principle of one day at a time being faithful really played out for Noah and his boys. One day at a time, just being faithful. One day at a time, getting a gopher wood, and at the same time, cutting the wood and different things. It would have took a long time. It would not have been a quick build. And I'm sure there was days as they were putting down the keel or the bottom of that boat that their guys come by and say, What are you doing, Noah? What, 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 what is this contraption? That you're building up here with your lads. What's going on? And maybe they're building a little bit further and ten years later. No, what, you still doing that? What is your problem? And I've known what a set of great rain's gonna come. A, a what? Because the, the climate was so much different then. It's not like what we have today. What are you talking about, Noah? And this would have could have gone on, I'm sure it went on for a long time. Because we you know, the human nature default position is to mock people and make fun. And the reason that we do that is because it makes us feel better. It makes me feel I'm a little bit superior than the person I'm mocking, making fun of. And the only support group, so maybe some, because let's face it, Noah and his boys are human just like everybody sitting in the pews here today. There's times when they probably got discouraged by hearing what people were saying. Yeah, you think? You're a little tired this morning. Do you think they would have got discouraged? Just give me a nod, at least something. Yeah, of course. Uh, because he's human just like we are. I mean, I know God's called me the pastor of this church. I'm so thankful for it. But there's times when I'm like, oh, man, this is hard. I'm discouraged. And the same thing for you in your life. Whatever the Lord's got for your plan for your life, you get discouraged. And then you know what his support group was? Is to go back home with his boys and sit down and have dinner with his wife and his three uh, daughter-in-laws. That was a support group. I'm so glad I got this for a support group. Amen? I hope you look at church as a support group that's going to help you live for Jesus Christ and help you as you go through this journey. Dads, the Lord laid out things that you need to do too. Love your wife. Show her love. So our compassion, those kids are watching. They're watching. How they see you deal with them, is you're planting seeds in their mind of how they're going to deal with their future spouse, a husband or wife. I'm not saying that they will do it exactly the same, but you're planting seeds. Rear children in a biblical fashion. Point them to Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. I'll never forget getting in my dad's old red uh, pickup truck, and it still had, oh, 8-track? Is that what it was called? I mean, I was I just, I mean, I was at the very end of 8-track. That's how old I am, okay? Just at the end. And I remember my dad putting the 8-track in his pickup truck, 
and listen to oh Ernest Tennessee Ford, I think it was, sing um Oh man, I can't remember very well right now. Uh I'd rather have Jesus. And my dad's not much of a singer, but he tried to sing along. Now, I'll be honest, a couple times I was like, Dad, just let the guy sing. <laughs> he does a great job. At first he got a little offended, but after a while he understood what I was saying, what I was telling him, and he'd stop singing. But i never forget that he tried to instill in me good things. That's what he was trying to do, and I'm so thankful for that, and I should be doing the same things with my kids. He provided for me, and so should I provide for my kids. And taught me and spent time uh, with my family. And uh, I mean, it was a uh, really big thing. Every year, I remember growing up, my dad would take us on vacation. And that was the time that we had time with Dad. I mean, Dad was there for us. You know, running a, when you're a businessman and you're, you're pretty busy. Like, you're trying to get this thing afloat and make sure it stays afloat and things of that nature. It's hard work. And I remember going away, and that was time with Dad. Spend time with your family. Look over in chapter 8 and verse number 15. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, and of <laughs> every creeping thing, and creep upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth. Be fruitful, multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth, and his sons and his wife, and sons' wives with them. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds, went forth out of the ark. And Noah built an altar upon the Lord, and took every clean beast and every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. After spending a year on an ark, which makes me shudder, okay, a year... On an ark, on a boat. Oh man, that that must have felt like a long time. God tells Noah, "It's time to leave this boat. It's time to go. It's time to leave." And, and you know, obviously, he didn't. God didn't tell Noah get off the boat while it was still floating, right? It had been on solid ground for some time. We don't know exactly how long, how many days, but he didn't go out of the ark until God told him to go. You know what that indicates to me? That he was waiting on God. Sometimes, gentlemen, we can get ahead of God, can't we? We think we got the problem solved. We're problem solvers. We're men. (laughs) We'll get it figured out. And then we get ahead of God when we should have been waiting. We need to be careful about that. But here we see that Noah demonstrates a great trait, wait on God. Not always easy, but it's right to do. I think it would take a little bit of time for Noah and his boys to get all the animals out of the ark. You know, let's go. You know, entirely new world laid before them now as they got out of that boat. Topography, the climate were radically changed. They probably uh, they got out of the they probably got on the ark in more of a subtropical kind of earth or climate. Now they're on top of Mount Ararat, not as warm as before. Would not have been comfortable. You know, and now they're going to look for a new place now, but the godless, wicked system was utterly destroyed. It was only them and the animals which God had saved. Through all this time, and time and time again, Noah obeyed and he was faithful. I firmly believe because of his faithfulness, the Lord blessed him and his family. The reality is dads, and actually everybody in this auditorium today, if you'll stay faithful to the Lord, if you'll be willing to obey and follow what He has for you and the leading for your life and do what He says, I know that God will bless you. He'll take care of you. He'll reward those who are faithful. He desires to see uh, dads uh, lead their family the right way. He desires the, the fa- dads to lead their families in paths of righteousness. I'm sure... Shem, Ham, and Japheth, along with their wives, were touched and encouraged to see their dad and their father-in-law faithful to the Lord. And if that's not a, enough, I mean, that would be enough to know that your children were affected by your faithfulness, Dad. 
that one day they would testify, it's because of my dad, because of his faithfulness to the Lord, I'm here today. That is an amazing testimony. And if that's all the rewards you ever got, Dad, it would be worth it. It would be worth it. I know dads often reward their children when they're faithful to their responsibility. When we lived in Newfoundland, uh, in the West Coast there, in Deer Lake, <coughs> our heating system was a wood furnace. We had electrical baseboards, but they wouldn't keep anything warm for very long, and it biggest kind of money to do it. Uh, so we would, uh, I would get uh, the guy to come in and drop off a load of wood. So kind of like what my dad did to me growing up, I would do to my kids. It was kind of poetic justice, you know. But... It wouldn't be 18 cords of wood, I guarantee you that. It was four cords of wood that would come. Now, a cord of wood is four feet high by four feet wide by eight feet long. And come September, the last of the wood needs to be getting into the house. Uh, you know, we would cut it and or junk it. Uh, you know, I'd still in my basement next to the, the wood furnace or I'd put it in my garage and underneath the patio. We would call it a bridge back in Newfoundland. You put it underneath the bridge. Keep it out of the weather. You put a tarp over it, keep the snow off so it doesn't get so wet. You wanted that dry come January when it was nice and cold outside. You wanted that to catch right away and warm up the house. And I can remember one September day, I, I told the kids to come out and give me a hand uh, for whoever wanted to. And one of the kids, well, they all came out. None of them really happy at the moment about it. And I understand that attitude because it was similar to myself when I was their age. And uh, I was out there cutting, and one of them stayed all day, picking up the lumber, picking up the wood, bringing it over, throwing through the uh, the little door we had. We had a door probably a bit bigger than this into my basement, and chucking wood in and stacking it all day. Help me. Then at the end of the day, we finish up the course, get in the van. We're going to get ice cream. Well, it was just that one who went with me, not the rest of them who gave up after five minutes. Now, I was thankful they helped me for five minutes. I'm not going to begrudge them of that. I was thankful. But I was really thankful for the one who stayed faithful the whole day. Now, the, the other the other ones who gave up, they were still my kids, right? I didn't, you are banished from the house. No, you know, I didn't say, January, get out, you didn't help with the wood. You know, nothing like that. They were still my kids. But this one who helped the whole day got ice cream. And you should have seen the face. Woo! You know, packing down. I, there was no holds bars. Many of you want on top of that, you go for it. I was thrilled. I mean, I had an ice cream too, but I was I had more fun watching. You know, I was excited that they were faithful. Our Heavenly Father will reward us so much better than ice cream if we'll stay faithful to Him. Now, I'm not talking about a new car or more material wealth or, or blessing that way, though it could happen. He could. I'm talking about when, at the end of life, when that new car and that material is not going to be worth anything, when you've done this life and you walk through the, the portals of heaven and you hear from the Savior, you'll hear from your Heavenly Father, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That should be really important to us dads, that we're faithful. Dads, are we so, we, we're so, we should be so thankful for the opportunity that we have to be dads. We should be thankful for it. That we get the opportunity to raise children and to do it in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Don't stop doing what the Lord has called you to do, and that's to raise kids for His honor and for His glory. Lead your families in paths of righteousness. Be the example. Be the encourager as well. Dad, you need to have above anything else, above having a fantastic job and having a house with a pool or a house with all kinds of property or having the, the, the cottage in Muskoka or anything like that. You need to have, first of all, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to know Jesus as your Savior. 
you need to make that decision. And that is a personal, it's highly personal, but it's the greatest decision you'll ever make of coming to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you come to that place where you understand that you're lost, you need a, a, a Savior, and you repent of your sin and trust in Jesus Christ, and you're moving forward with your life, praise the Lord, uh, you want that relationship to grow stronger and deeper. There are, you know, let me encourage you, dads, that uh, your, your relationship with Jesus Christ should not be the same today as it was the day you got saved, unless you got saved yesterday. Your, your relationship needs to be growing deeper. I've been saved uh, uh, since uh, 1996, uh, and I know my faith and walk with the Lord has grown since that day. It needs to be growing. And that's what happens. It should be happening in our marriages too, right, men? As husbands, we love our wives more now uh, than the day we married her. We loved her then, but we love her so much more now. Or we should be. That's the way it should be happening. We need to have that relationship growing stronger and deeper. We need dads who will love the Lord. That's what we need today. Dads, follow God's plan for you. As dads, we like that when we lay out a plan and the kids follow it, don't we? Now you go do this and you go do this. Good job. You did it. We understand the need of a good plan. And God's laid out a plan for our lives and it's a good plan. And we need to follow God's plan. And we need to submit to what the Lord desires for us. And then follow God's plan for the family. Be a tower of encouragement and strength for your family, for your, for your children, for your wife. And follow God's plan for your work and for your career. And listen, the Lord might lead you to be in a place that that's not real comfortable. A place that you don't feel like, oh, I got this all figured out. Follow Him. Follow the Lord. Dads, remember that our Heavenly Father rewards the faithful. He rewards the faithful. Stay committed. Stay engaged. Stay faithful. Dads, be faithful.